Hey everybody, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's special guest is Matt Wandra. He's an automatician and he is helping build Happy Tools. It's a new initiative, new suite of tools for remote workers, remote staff, uh, brought to you, of course, by Automatic. And uh, we're going to dive into that. We're going to dive into the thought process, where this came from. And for those of you who are still hanging on for hope of P2, stick around to the end. You might hear a thing or two about what's going on with that. Uh, but Matt was a, an amazing guest, and it's great to see other automatic products. And I'm a huge fan, uh, you all know, of Simple Note, And I really loved uh, CloudUp and uh, the video delivery service that's now sort of rolled into Jetpack. So I do love myself a good automatic product, as critical as I am on WordPress. Uh, but I do hope you enjoy this episode and you learn a lot of not only how Automatic approaches uh, building out products, but what they're looking to solve in remote work. I think it's uh, an interesting, even though I'm not a huge fan of that word, an interesting challenge to tackle. And I hope you enjoy today's episode also brought to you by user feedback videos that's user feedback videos a little service that i put together where if you have a plugin or a software service or you just need an extra hand reviewing a landing page or product page or something like that before you go out and send it to the public go to userfeedbackvideos.com and i'll do a video review of whatever it is you have and i'll give you that unfiltered feedback that maybe a co-founder that you work with would give you or not give you. And that's why user feedback videos exists. All right, let's dive into the episode. Yeah, thanks. Um, my name is Matt Wandra. I live in Champaign, Illinois, and um, I've been working for Automatic for about two years now. Um, and I joined the team, uh, the team was called Happiness Gardening when I joined, and we were sort of like a technical level of customer support. But right about when I joined, we started becoming more product focused and um, really delivering our attention towards building and maintaining the actual products that we use for our happiness engineers, our customer support people. Um, and then that sort of transitioned over time into we went into this new division that, like you said, all these other products that the automatic has that are not our core products. Um, we put them in this division together called other bets. And it's sort of here's the other products that we're betting on as like things that could become profitable, things that could become part of our main business line at some point. And so... We kept working on these internal uh, support tools, and then at some point realized, you know, some of these could be really good externally as well. So why don't we start trying that out and releasing them as products for other people to use? So is that like the Happiness Garden? And did I get that title correct? It's Happiness Garden. Yeah. Is that like an internal team to support other automaticians, or is that public facing where you would be talking to consumers? It was totally internal until a couple weeks ago when we released Happy Tools. Um, oh, cool! <laughs> and, and the idea—the idea behind the name was happiness gardening. Was we solve the bugs for the happiness teams? So, got it. Um, but we've got we've it. since kind of rebranded ourselves and have a new name because we're not so much doing the bug stuff now and more product focused. So the new product is called Happy Tools. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in something that you said because I think it's brilliant, and I think a lot of companies and even sm even small two-person shops to you know, autom automatic size, which is, I think the last count I heard was 700 plus. Um, you're always looking for ways to, okay, let's solve a problem. And can the solution be refined into like a bigger internal process? Or what I'll say is monetized to turn into a product. Um, what does that process look like? Before we get into talking about what Happy Tools is and what it does, uh, how do you start to pull away the pieces of that and say, you know what, this is going to be something that we could monetize. We'll put it in this bucket over here and save it for later and we'll come back to that. How, how does that work? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, as far as how it worked for these products, it was sort of, you know, there's been there's been ideas tossed around at Automatic for a long time about productizing some of our internal tools. Um, and even so, our, our main internal blogging engine, where we do a lot of our asynchronous communication, is a theme called P2. And that's publicly available, but it's still sort of a, you have to download it and host it yourself um, sort of thing. But we have a lot of tools that are like that, that, you know, we could make more easy for companies to use. And a big part of that is, a big part of that balance is, um, you know, automatic, like you said, we actually are close to 900 employees now, totally distributed around the world. And so a lot of these tools we've built have been to help us with that sort of unique work situation uh, to, to manage this crazy weird team of people who are very rarely in the same physical location, right? So there's a balance between knowing how to build stuff that's just right for automatic, but also will it work for other companies as well? And so I think what we're starting to see is that the idea behind Happy Tools in, in particular is more and more teams will be working the way we do in the future, right? There's, there's tons of products coming out for remote and distributed teams. What we have as an advantage is that we're a little bit ahead of the curve and that we've already been through a lot of those pain points. And we've already solved a lot of those problems in a way that works well for us. And so I think that um, when this happy schedule product came up, the, the project came up about a year ago where our happiness teams were, they were using other products to schedule their time and, and make sure they were meeting their coverage goals. You know, when we have customers coming into live chat, we need our people there to, to chat with them. And the other products out there just did not work for a team like ours where we had people working all, all hours of the day in different time zones. And so that was the first moment where it kind of clicked of, hey, we've got all these other products that we could start pushing out there. We're building this Greenfield product. Why don't, we, why don't we make this in a way that will work externally as well and make that as sort of our, our foot in the door of starting to release more and more internal products into this ecosystem. And what, what kind of decision or, or what does the decision process look like to say? Because, I mean, it looks like a really refined product, right? So what I'm looking Thanks. at, so if, if for folks who are, who are listening, obviously, happy.tools is the URL. And just obviously looking through the site, great looking site. I mean, it, obviously it's, it's automatic, so you all know the web <laughs> and you know how to do design. Uh, but it looks like a really refined product. This isn't like, um, <clears throat> you know, somebody's MVP, like a small bootstrapper kind of building this thing. Um, it looks like it's it's taken some time to to build this. Has that just been the natural evolution of it internally? It's always looked you know this good from for what I'll say. Or does somebody say, okay, we've got some rough tooling here. Let's turn it into a product. And and how do you even start to say, well, it's going to be six months to to release? Like, what does that look like internally? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a, a lot of, like I've mentioned, we have a lot of other internal products that we want to release into this ecosystem. So happy tools grow. So we start with happy schedule and then we have other, other things in there. A lot of those that were built totally internally are sort of rougher, like you'd expect an internal tool to look like. The advantage we had with happy schedule was we built it from the ground up starting about a year ago, knowing that it was really high priority and high value for our team. And so we did think like, what would it look like for us to not just do the minimum required to make it work, but there's still edge cases and weirdness, but really solve the problem really well internally. And then that actually translates into solving the problem really well for external customers too. Hmm. Hmm. And with the, uh, the dynamics of automatic, when you, you know, when you, when you put the flag in the sand, you say, Hey, we're, we're going to build this product. Now it's going to be public facing. What does it look like internally to draw in, more people to the happy tools team 
do you, is there like an option in automatic? Like, Hey, new product release. Anybody want to hop on board? Because, you know, I know with simple note, it's just one guy in a basement <laughs> and <laughs> yep. he's doing a damn fine job. That man needs a raise. <laughs> just let it be known. But what does it look like for a tool this, this large and this complex? That's a good question. It's still kind of ongoing. I mean, we're, we're okay. at the point in the product life cycle where we know that happy tools itself is a good idea that we think will be very successful, but it's a very different type of product than anything we've released at automatic. You know, we have a lot of our customers, a lot of our products are for single, single customers. So like wordpress.com, the majority of our customers are probably one person running a website. Um, this, this type of product, you know, one of the things we've found that is something that we're kind of figuring out is when a whole team needs to get onto a product to find its usefulness and to understand it, there's a bigger barrier to entry there, right? We, we, we set, we give a demo to someone and they're really excited about it, but now they have to get 50 other people onto the product and using it in order to be able to right. see how does this work. So where we're at right now is we're just trying to make sure that we can figure that out with the team we have before we start figuring out, okay, how do we scale this team up? What, do, what actually do we need longer term? Like um, it's been, it's been really encouraging that because we, we, we spent about six months getting it to internal release and we had some betas internally along the way where teams were using it. But because we've had automatic using this for six months now since until public release, um, there's not a lot of like internal bugs or anything. So a lot of our time and attention can be focused on figuring out how to scale it out to customers. And then we'll start to figure out what those needs are for moving on to the next thing. Can we do that with the team size that we have now? How much do we need to grow and how quickly? What, what is the team size right now? There's um, seven of us that built this. Um, so cool. relatively small still, but you know, it's been fun. We have the the very rare advantage of operating like a startup, but without having our life savings on the line. And yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got HR resources and legal resources and PR resources yep. that we've leaned on. So it's a, it's a quote unquote team of seven, but with a lot of satellite resources we've leaned on. So that opens up the door to a great segue that I was, I was moving into uh, is how do you start to define the goals, the success um, going after competition? Because I'll, you know, again, I'll just frame this a little bit for you while you think of that is I see a product like this, you know, of course I, I see an idea. I'm like your typical entrepreneur where like, I see like the tiniest idea and I'm like, I can see it, you know, seven years down the road. I'm like, this is going to be massive. So I see this thing competing with like Slack and Microsoft office and like, you know, anything that's going to be scheduling and collaborating. Um, how do you throttle that in or how do you make those decisions and in, in goals and, and going after competition for a product like this? Yeah. And the, another great question that is to some, so to some degree, we'll figure it out as we go, but the kind of current thought process is, and, and Matt Mullen actually wrote about happy tools a couple of days, days ago on his blog and um, something he wrote, which is very true is like, if other people are solving problems that and doing it well, like we don't need to solve those problems. So when you talk about something like Slack, I don't think we'll probably open up some sort of a synchronous like chat system. You know, there's other ways that we'd be competing with kind of the Slack ecosystem and that sort of thing, but but they've solved that problem really well. But uh, one of the guiding principles behind Happy Tools is these are all these are all even as we publicly release them, Automatic is using the same tool you use every day to run our business. And so there's like, in some ways, it's um, it forces us to be very opinionated about the product. Um, and uh, the company Basecamp, I take a lot of inspiration from how they build their products. They have a similar similar mantra of like, 
you know, we, we build these things in a way that we think is the right way to do work. And some people will work great for, some people it might not work well for them to try something else. But the bottom line is like automatic is using these things every day. So the types of products we'll release, the way the ecosystem grows will be sort of already set out for us by the way that we internally work, the tools we already have, and the ones we build for ourselves going forward. And how does a company like Automatic or your team of seven, um, is, that the, is that the number count of the Avengers? I was trying to quickly <laughs> run through the characters in my head. Um, how, do you, how do you come up with pricing, right? I mean, again, this is something brand new and it's it is new to Automatic in terms of like the product scope, but um, certainly not pricing. Do you leverage other teams in Automatic that have price.com and Jetpack stuff and say, hey, here's how we've done it. You should do it this way. Or are you free to just hey, 60 bucks minimum a month, this is where we're at. It, it, it's a little bit of both, let's say. Um, we we asked around a little bit to, to make sure we were not super far off. But again, like most of other products are not used by the same type of companies. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we have any other per seat pricing um, products at Automatic. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, it's the internet. <laughs> but the, the, the thing we thought about most was a lot of the competitors in this space are, um, especially with Happy Schedule in particular, are scheduling products that are meant for enterprise level companies. So, and, and a lot of them are built for things like hospital systems, where you're staffing, you know, a thousand nurses at a at a hospital. So they can compete on price a little bit better than we can. Where they they can go to the two to three dollar per seat per month. And um, but for us, we're targeting. We built a product that's for, we think of it a lot in a lot of ways as a step up from Google Spreadsheets and Google Calendar, right? Like you're a small but growing company of, you know, we've got over 300 people using it internally. We're guessing our, our primary audience in the early days here will be maybe 50 people or so. Um, and so we sort of put a price that we thought was fair still. We're at $5 per user per month. Um, so it's a little bit higher than competitors, but it helps us because we can't compete on volume the way they can. But it also, I think, stands to show that we really believe that what we've built is better for those size companies. Like it is, it is something that is worth that little extra price. So we're starting there and we'll see how it goes. Um, another, another thought is it's always easier to adjust the price down than up. So if we start a little high mm -hmm. and then need to adjust down, we can. Sure. Um, one of the things that I see, which is very common uh, and, you know, not so uncommon to automatic as well is products when a company has a core product that's you know really doing really well, getting a lot of traction, very profitable for the company, the secondary product or the accessory products come out, they all complement each other. Mm -hmm. How does this product complement WordPress or WordPress.com or Jetpack or the WordPress ecosystem in any way? Is there any forward thinking to integration to a WordPress site or doing things with WordPress that Happy Tools might one day you know make a connection with? Yeah, it's. It's not clear yet. I mean, to some degree, you know, I talked about the division we're in is called other bets. We're betting on other other products that we could build, other sources of revenue, other things that Automatic can flex its muscles on. And in a lot of ways, what we're doing right now is necessarily different from the other products because we're saying, what's what's the core thing that Automatic has, the core resource we have that we haven't really tapped into yet? And it's our business thinking. It's our the way we've scaled and grown a company in a way that... You know, I think every step along the way, people are saying, you're never going to hit that next 100 people. You're never going to be able to keep building good products with a completely distributed company. So to, to some degree right now, it is very outside our core product lines. There may be opportunities as we go forward. With a product like Happy Schedule in particular, it's not clear 
what the value add would be with integrating it with something like Woo WooCommerce or WordPress or Jetpack. Um, but it's, it's definitely something we'll be thinking about as we go forward, uh, but nothing, nothing on the roadmap as of yet. Happily schedule your blog posts, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Matt, so we're, we're you know, about halfway through this conversation. I don't think we've actually defined <laughs> what happy schedule is going to accomplish for somebody. So yeah. uh, the brand is, is happy tools, which leads me to believe there will be other tools uh, other than scheduling. But talk to us about happy schedule. What is it exactly solving for a particular business? Yeah, so the... Um, that's, that's a great question, something we've learned a little bit in our early days of customers coming to us is that word schedule means so many different things to so many different people. What we're trying to solve is um, the internal use case, for example, was for customer support. We have um, three different main product lines that all support various channels of customers. So people coming in through live chat, people sending us emails, we schedule one-on-one -on -one conversations with our business customers. And so we need to know um, who's working on what and when. Uh, one of the biggest problems, though, is that a lot of the stuff that's out there is, like I said, designed for hospitals or restaurants or really shift-based work. So in a restaurant, you'll say, um, we have a 12 to 5 shift, and we need three waiters there working to, to fulfill our customer needs. But for us at Automatic with our, with our, because of our history and because of the way the company works, we really try to give as much flexibility to people as possible. So it's that balance of how do we give our support staff the flexibility to work when they want while also hitting our coverage goals for when we actually have customers coming in the door that we need to respond to. And so that's one of the main things this product solves for us internally is being able to give you as much flexibility so that people can announce when they want to work and on what, and then you can use that to, to sort of visually see that you're meeting people's daily requirements. So this person needs to have six hours of work this day, while also seeing how that affects the global picture of customers coming in the door and being able to meet them there. So that's the primary use case that we solved for is customer support. And it's, it's sort of the market that we're trying to go for initially here, but we're keeping the door open. And we've talked with other companies, like we've talked with a couple of software development companies that want to like, use this tool to manage their scrum cycles and stuff to see we have uh, a certain number of hours of dev work we need on this task in these two weeks. And the, the, it's, it's been interesting to see we're not that far off from solving those use cases too. Um, there's other, other use cases that are very, very similar, like sales teams and that sort of thing that might be able to onboard more closely. But that's, that's the main thing is you have a set of tasks that need to be done and you need to schedule people for when they're doing them in a way that makes sure that every task is resourced at certain times of the day. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I just just in that definition alone, you one would think of all of the integrations you might, you know, connect with. I mean, right now I'm wearing an Asana t-shirt. You could be connecting up to Asana, Trello, Todoist, I mean, a billion different uh, uh, systems. Uh, would you say that this, you know, if one person wanted to go and just, hey, we, we want to try this out right now, would you say that this complements your, let's say, existing calendaring system, or does it replace it fully? It depends on what you're calendaring. Um, for example, we've talked with companies that want to schedule meetings. This is not a good tool for that because it's not for one-off tasks like that. It's not for one-off events. It's more for, um, here's, a, here's a, a, an ongoing list of things that need to be done. But um, for... There's, there's other use cases that are outside of customer support, like we're going to experiment with using this to schedule our volunteer staff at WordCamps. 
to see, you know, that's, it's just a two day event, right? Or one or two day event, but you have a, a group of volunteers that you need, you know, people greeting at the door, you need people in the, in the event rooms and that sort of thing. And so this is a tool that can help you visualize that sort of thing as well. So um, I think it can complement stuff like Google Calendar and that that you are already use, um, but some tools it can replace as well. It's fantastic. Um, some of the folks in the audience are going to be interested interested to learn on what this is built on, what kind of technology stack, what is it from a, just a fifty thousand foot view? Is it new technology that you've introduced into Automatic, or is it stuff you've used in the past? It's not. It's it's pretty standard stuff that we use at Automatic. It's a single page application built with React and Redux. Um, and then it's communicating to an API layer that's actually using the WordPress API. Uh, so it's uh, the primary product is built on WordPress.com infrastructure, but we've built it in a way that can be, it can be mounted onto any WordPress instance so that, you know, for our staging environments and that sort of thing, we can um, boot those up outside of our, our primary production environments. So it's it's pretty boring technology, but it's, it's working fantastically <laughs> well. Uh, and what, what has been some of these challenges that you just, maybe you just weren't aware of until you've actually launched. And, and I know you, like when we were chatting back and forth with email, you've been doing a couple uh, PR rounds, maybe some other podcasts, some other blog interviews, that kind of thing. You have a request demo link here on the site where I'm assuming you're connecting up and scheduling, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one demos for folks. Uh, what kind of challenges have you faced so far? Is it understanding? Is it sales? Is it price? What has it been? I'll say there's, there's, there's two things. From the product standpoint, um, we released it internally, and then two months later, we invited some beta customers on. All of our beta customers have this exact same problem, which is they don't schedule as flexibly as we do. So at Automatic, our processes are um, everyone can pick their own schedule of when they're working every day. So every day can be totally unique, and you're scheduling a group of 200-plus people for each day. So it just makes sense for us to say, well, since every day is totally unique, we'll have one person go in and actually fill out who's working on what when manually, because using some sort of templating or whatever just doesn't work for us. Every other customer that's come on board was like, hey, can we have templates? Can we have templates? Can we have templates? <laughs> so we built that in, but that's really the only like product hiccup we've seen. The bigger thing is, like I was talking about before, like it's, it's hard moving people and getting people onto this platform to try it out and evaluate whether it's going to be useful. It's every demo we've given, people are so encouraging and so like, yeah, this could really work for us. But then it's, it's people are busy live and people, especially people in customer support, like they are, they are trying to manage setting up these admin tools while also like working with customers. And so that's, that's the Delta we're trying to close in on right now is figuring out the best ways that we can help these customers so that, as soon as they're excited about using the product, we make it as easy as possible for them to get their entire team on board and using it and evaluating whether it's the right thing for them or not. I quickly scanned uh, Matt Mullenweg's post on Happy Tools. And one of the things that I've always admired, although I've been a critic of Matt in the past, uh, a good critic, a positive <laughs> critic of Matt in the past on Word, uh, regarding WordPress and Jetpack, but one of the things I've always uh, fallen behind and support him at on is WordPress as the operating system of the web. I mean, I truly believe in that mission and I love that statement from Matt. I noticed that he's used the same phrase here with the operating system of what helped automatic scale and sort of paraphrasing here. Let's, let's give that out to not give it out, but let's provide it to uh, other businesses or organizations that want that same operating system. Um, 
the connection of tools, the connection of apps, and your difficulty sort of selling the, the automatic way to other businesses who are so much more rigid, um, is this like an effort to more broadly spread the what you and I both know as like remote work and the digital life? Is this much more of, of that effort versus just a product? Is it more theory versus product in this in this case where Automatic wants to change the business landscape by thinking in theory versus lines of code, if this makes yeah, sense? it does. It totally does. And I think that um, it's both, right? When, when I, another thing that Matt likes to say is he likes to, to throw out the Walt Disney quote of, um, we don't make movies to make money. We make money so we can keep making more movies. And WordPress is an example of that where... Yeah, we, we as a company need to make money, but there also is a broader mission we're trying to, to serve. And I think it's true with Happy Tools as well. To some degree, we see that we're ahead of the curve on what we're calling the future of work, right? It's remote, but it's also like co-located companies can use these tools as well because a lot of the things that forces you to think in a remote environment is actually really good and healthy for co companies that are all in the same place. Things like um, not worrying so much about being synchronously communicating at all times, but documenting, brain dumping everything onto a place where it's it's searchable and people can see it for a long period of time. Everyone can catch up in their own time. So um, this, this is a similar thing where we see that we're ahead of the curve on distributed work. And so putting our tools out there does sort of help create that market that will come to us because um, why haven't more companies done this? You hear this all the time. You hear companies <laughs> right, saying, right. oh, distributed work is great, but we just can't make it possible. It just, it just wouldn't work for us. And right, so we're, we're right. trying to, we are trying to say, no, it can work for you. Um, right. and, and we want to provide the tools that help you avoid the pitfalls that we've gone through in getting there. It's a fascinating, fascinating thing to see, you know, again, like folks like you and I and people who are listening to this years ago when, uh, distributed work and remote work was a, was a thing for us. We we're like, wow, this is, you know, and this is, I don't know, let's say 2014 or even earlier, let's say 2012. And we're like, this is going to, you know, next year, everyone's going to be working <laughs> from home. Well, here we are like 10 years later and people are still like, what is this? What do you mean you work from home? Like, yep. you know, there's uh, it, where I live <clears throat> is about an hour South of Boston and actually uh, a member of your jetpack team, Jeff Kalinsky, who are, he and I are both good friends, uh, uh, we both work out of the same co-working space. And so again, uh, an hour south of Boston, it's not the big city. And when people walk into our co-working space for like the first time, people are like, what are all these people doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, you, you all have jobs right now? And, and people still don't understand. Um, so it's amazing to see like an effort like this is not just about the product, but it's about the influence on on the industry, which I think is, is very important. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, I, as we've been building this stuff out, I've been paying attention a lot more to other products that are trying to serve this similar need. And one of the things that I'm seeing too is a lot of the products are sort of trying to make it actually, how can you work distributed in a way as if you're all in the same office? Like it's it's actually right. not challenging the status quo and, and, and rethinking what work looks like for a distributed team. It's things like, well, how can we make sure that your distributed team all says when they're going to be working at, at, at the same time? And how can we make sure that they're all scheduling meetings at the same time and that sort of thing? Rather than, than acknowledging the reality that like the beauty of distributed work is you don't all have to be working at the same time. You don't all have to be, you can build great stuff in an asynchronous way. Um, and even like 
it opens up the door to them when you when you start thinking in that way you can adjust to people's real lives too you know people have kids that they need to pick up in, for emergency situations at school and that sort of thing and as soon as you don't care ex- so much when people are are in the office and and as soon as you trust that asynchronous communication works well you can account for those things and really let people not just work where they want to but like make work a part of their lives instead of scheduling their lives around their work Sometimes I hear this in in smaller agency circles, right? Folks who are running a two or three person like boutique agency shop around, you know, building WordPress sites and whatnot. <clears throat> and I've been guilty of this myself where you bring somebody on and you just say, hey, look, I don't care when you work as long as the job gets done. Can be a dangerous phrase to say in some cases, sure. right? Because especially in the beginning when you don't, you know, you trust the individual that you're hiring. You might have gone through this long, lengthy, you know, onboarding process or, or what have you. Uh, and then you say, hey, don't care when you work as long as the job gets done. Does a tool like this or will the tools like this help measure the business or help the business owner measure that result? Or is this just like, I don't know, it's like it's all important, much more important in the fabric of the person that's coming in the door. Like can, can software solve that kind of equation or is it really about the human factor before they even enter into this culture? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be, I think software can augment and um, and enable the innate capability people do have to be given trust and to get work done when they say they're going to get it done. I do not think that software is the only thing we can introduce here, though. Let's say that, and, and this is thinking big, thinking long term for happy tools. We're building a software platform right now, but even right now we're seeing with happy schedule, there's process changes people need to make in order to use a new tool. What kind of process changes? What kind of HR thinking? What kind of, like you're talking about, how, how do you as a, as a team lead, as a manager, assign work and trust that's going to get done, but still follow through and make sure that it's getting done? And so probably it means there's, there's more education and consulting and maybe conferences, like maybe there's a Happy Tools conference down the line that really helps with those, the soft skills and the stuff that, that revolves around the software the software enables you to do, but you still need to go through that change as a company and as people in order to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. What was the name of the division that you're in again? Other Bets. Other Bets. Is yeah. there like a red stapler division? Because that's the one that I just <laughs> want to be that guy. I wonder if Matt would let me in. Matt, can I just start the red stapler division? Just throw me in an office somewhere in automatic so I can just kind of absorb all of this. I'll pitch uh, it. I'll and, pitch the idea. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool, uh, Matt. Any uh, in new incoming changes? I mean, I know this is just brand new, and, and you're maybe sort of stepping away for a little bit just for uh, uh, some time off. But are you introducing a new add-on or a new tool? I guess I can say to the to the suite of things here anytime yeah. in the near future. Yeah. So our our, our current roadmap is um, first off, still doing everything we can to figure out the flow of customers coming on to this new type of product that is is very different for automatic. So we're doing some work on some of the onboarding flows. But um, feature-wise, we just kicked off a product to integrate with Zendesk, which is a huge tool for customer support agents. So um, both having a marketplace app that lives inside Zendesk for you to see you know, who's working on your chat and tickets and all that at the same time, um, and then also integrating Zendesk data into Happy Schedule so you can do more reporting on kind of productivity and, and how things looked compared to what you thought was going to happen. And then the next, you know, we talk about Happy Tools as a suite of products. Um, the next product we introduce will be our uh, customer chat product. We call it Happy Chat. 
And that's something that we've built a couple years ago and been using internally for a long time. And it'll complement Happy Schedule real nicely to start, you know, continue focusing on the customer support side of things before we continue next into, okay, products that are more generally useful for companies as a whole, like our P2 product. Some version of that will probably make its way into the system here um, and that sort of thing. I know people that are just clamoring to get p2 or a <laughs> new version of p2 uh out into the wild is that ever gonna make its way it, it will I'll, I'll i'll say it will yeah i mean it's okay it's it's something that we know for sure i mean we we know especially when we talk about being a remote company and how do you manage asynchronous communication it's a product that's worked well for us and so leaning on its knowledge or integrating it as is you know is definitely on the roadmap Awesome. Matt, where can folks find you to say thanks? You know, I, I have a very inactive Twitter account, at uh, Matt Wondra. Uh, I'm not very publicly uh, online, but uh, if you want to give a shout out, you can give it there. Awesome. Everybody else, and I'll, and I'll add to that. Say thanks to the other Matt in WordPress. You know, I, I would say probably like the fifth most important Matt in WordPress. <laughs> Tweet to at Photo Matt and say, hey, you listen to Matt and Matt on the Matt Report and thumbs up. That's right. Uh, to what's going on uh, with the suite of tools at happy.tools. It's happy.tools. You can check it out. Check out Happy Schedule. Minimum 60 bucks a month. I like that pricing. I like that. I like that it's not just, you know, you can't just sign up for one user for five bucks a month. It's a minimum of 60 monthly. Very clever. Uh, very clever bringing on at least smaller teams into the uh, into the ecosystem. It's MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode.